Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Athletes Mindset. Today we have former Aston Villa, Arbroath and Berwick Rangers striker, Alan Brazil. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you, cheers for having me. Alan, can you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your footballing background? Uh, well, started the usual, just playing with boys club, schools, boys club, uh, played with various boys club and then got scouted playing with the Scotland schoolboys to go down to Aston Villa. Uh, so, yeah, I spent three out of four years at Villa. I uh, moved up to Arbroath. Spent three years, four years there, sorry. Moved on to Stenhouse Muir for a year and then Berwick for two years. And I took a year out after that and decided to go junior and play a year with Bathgate. Uh, and then after a season, just it wasn't working for me. So I've done a bit of coaching and different age groups, different levels in and out between now and then. Uh, so that's basically where we're at, yeah. Right, mate. And how did you move to Aston Villa first come about? Uh, I was playing with the schoolboys uh, through in Glasgow. And it was just... Yeah, usually just play a game. Do you know what I mean? You go through, yep. and play against other other teams, and it was just after the game that somebody had obviously took a, a wee interest and uh, came and spoke to me, and it really started from there. Uh, got invited down a couple of times, trained with them, uh, and then I got offered a, a contract with them. Super, mate. And how did you settle at life in Villa when you first went? It was difficult. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I let, I went down on my 16th birthday, the day of my 16th. Wow. Uh, so I had to, uh, I had to grow up quite quickly. Uh, there was a met another boy that was meant to go down with me at the same time. Zach's same club. Uh, got down there ready to sign, and uh, he's pulled out at the last minute. So I was kind of left alone for a while as well. A few months, digs, new place. Uh, so I had to grow up quite quickly. And um, you've openly spoken about the coach there, Kevin McDonald, and your bad experience playing for him. Uh, how did he have such a negative impact on your career? Um, I don't know if this is the right word to you. I was quite fortunate, I think, because I tried to put a stop before he got towards me, as I've seen, I'd seen towards other players. Yep. Uh, but he still he still tried to have a wee go. Uh, he just he would uh, shout abuse at you. I mean, once I was... I'd come back for it, been unwell, and just didn't know. I just shouted over. It's no if you're a player. Uh, just basically what a bully does, eh? I'm just yeah. uh, throwing his weight about. You had to get out his way in corridors. He would ignore you. He would slag you off for being homesick, slag you off for being injured. Just basically want to be heard and seen. And uh, but I, I, I just try to put. I would. I'm not going to be bullied. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he can he can do it other ways. Uh, but again, it he has had a wee go. So, and uh, having a coach who belittled you so much, uh, how difficult did that make it for you at Aston Villa, being away from home, to progress as a player? Uh, it's difficult. Uh, 
I mean, I probably lost a lot of confidence with it. I mean, it took me a while to settle. It was hard enough. Uh, so, yeah, I lost a lot of confidence, had a, a few injuries. Uh, I was, even when I was doing reasonably well, I mean, you go to a, a big club, as well, you're always playing with good players, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's hard because there's a lot of players vibing for the same positions, getting squads, blah, 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 do you know what I mean? So it was difficult, but there was times where I thought I'd done enough to, to get in the reserve squad a few more times than what I did. But when you have somebody that doesn't like you, then he's got a big say where you go, who you play with. And uh, he's quite clever in that sense because he knows a lot of people down there, not just there, but every other club as well down south. Yeah. So even some up here. So just just being clever and having that know-how. And Did he have his favourites? Oh, 100%. Definitely. Everyone's got their favourites, do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, they've got... Uh, they've got to look after everyone, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you, it's all very well having favourite favourites and... But you, you try to progress everyone. You try to make everyone better players. And there's ways of doing that and ways not of doing that. But with his favourites, he certainly had different ways of working with them. He yeah. was a really good coach. <laughs> yeah. I know it's quite weird me saying that, uh, but he really was. He was he was a good coach. Yeah, but there's a difference being a coach and obviously being a man manager and you've come down from Scotland, you're in a new environment. He's got a coach as a football player and as a person. And yeah, I think but, that's important. Mm, I think that's where he's clever though at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but you're right. You're, it's true what you said there. Eh? It's... Was there anybody at Aston Villa that you could approach to raise these concerns or sadly was it the football being in the old school mentality back then? I, I kind of seen it as you're in the big bad, uh, big bad world now. Yeah. And uh, a few times I went and said I wasn't enjoying it and why are you not enjoying it? I'm injured. But partly I wasn't enjoying it as well because with somebody like that in the background... And not really feeling you're not going anywhere, if that's the right thing to say or not. Uh, so I didn't actually come out and say it's because of such and such. Uh, but just, you, you could go and talk, but all the coaches were quite close-knit. They were all pally-wally and stuff like that. Uh, so at the end of the day, you're in, as I said, you're in the big bad world. You're an adult now, ain't well, do you know what I mean? So you've just got to, you've got to go on with it. How did other players in the team take it? Did you discuss it amongst yourselves? Do you, do you know, I've, I've, I've had arguments with ex-teammates, or shall I say, debates. Uh, some of them are like, he wasn't like that, he wasn't like that. It's not, it's not like that because it didn't happen to them. Uh, and because he's not doing it in front of them, they're thinking it doesn't happen. Yeah, but there's likes myself, not but even the guy's a lot worse off than me. As I said, I try to nip it in the bud early to a certain extent, but there was a lot, lot worse off than me. And I had people messaging me saying, Well done, I'm glad you came out and said that. I couldn't do that. I mean, they're the ones that have experienced it, so know, know what it's like. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, 100%. It's, it's difficult for people who don't see it. and and weren't aware of it at the time. And for them to yeah. speak up, a great, as you said, he's a great coach. He's a great football trainer. But at the end of the day, it's you had a bad experience under him and it's up to you to, to speak out. Um, yeah. what, what did you learn, learn most about your time down south? 
different world. Completely different world. And that's no that's no disrespect to anything up in Scotland or because it's it, it's different. Money's different, players are different. Just the, your whole living is different. But as I say, probably for me, it was growing up. Yep. I had to grow up quickly, as I've, I've said already. Uh, so that's probably what I, t- I took away. I, I probably grew up a lot quicker and younger than maybe what I would have. Most people. If you stayed in yeah. joint hips or hearts or something, you were you came back a man. Do you know what I mean? I, that's, yep. these, are, these are things you've got away. And if I didn't do it, I'd maybe regret it. So, yeah. Yeah, do, you, just, do you regret not coming back up the road earlier or did you want to try and nah, stick it out? No, nah, I don't I don't regret it. Uh, I, I felt I had to take that step back to go forward again, especially how I was feeling confidence-wise. And I was, although I got over homesickness after a year and a half, uh, I missed home like crazy. I'm not going to deny it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I did get over it. But... At the same time, you still just miss miss being round about family and stuff, and people people take it different ways. People people won't miss or will miss, and not in a bad way. But do you know what I mean? It, it goes round, and people deal with things different ways. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. So you you come back up the road and you join our growth. Was this the fresh start that you needed? Um, and how was it coming from a big club like Aston Villa? and then going into the Scottish lower leagues? To tell you the truth, I had a number of clubs wanting to sign me when they knew I was going to become available. Uh, I could have went up to Aberdeen and went in there, you've set up. Your dad was manager at the time at Berwick. He, yep. he wanted to take me. But there was just something something about our broth. I, I, I don't know what it was. Uh, but to treat it, I, I didn't treat it any different because... I still had the mentality that I was full-time. Yeah. I still trained every single day. I was fortunate enough that I was kind of well getting looked after at Arbroath, that I could... Be a full-time footballer still. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, so I was fortunate that way. So I could put all my time into to playing, and that's what I wanted to do, Uh So, oh yeah, big different club sizes and stuff like that. You can you can say what you want, but it's how you approach things. It's yeah. what you do that, it's that really making, counts. Making the most most of the environment that you're in, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you started off great at Albroath, mate, and you draw Hibs in the Scottish Cup. Uh, your dad Benny played over two hundred games for Hibs. At that time, you were flying, you were scoring goals, um, and the game prior, you get sent off and you were suspended for the Hibs match. How hard was that for you to digest? At the time, very difficult. But I didn't think it would have such a big impact as what it has over the last six, 15, 16 years. I say, I, I, I say that by... it's you, you just, You're gutted at the time, the build-up, missing the game. You, you just expect to... Ah, well, it's one of these things. Although it was a bit more than that for me, but... As times got on, it turned into a big problem for me. Uh, yeah. And I've had to to learn to try and deal with that, but badly at the same time. <laughs> so, would, you, would you kind of call what you're going through now as kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder? Uh, I've spoke to 
umpteen different counsellors, different people, being on different groups, different sessions, you name it. And they always think I'm getting better and better. I've not until recently. Yeah. I feel I'm getting some, I'm, I'm coming out towards the end now. I'm a, such a different person. Uh, but my re, one of my recent counsellors actually thinks I'm, I was grieving for my career. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe that's a way of putting it. I don't know. Uh, but one of our partners, I'm saying partners, one of the, the boys that she put me in touch with does a, an eye therapy session. And he's he's worked wonders in that. Wow. And I, I didn't expect that because, as I said, I've tried so many different things. But I'm amazed to what he's done. Right, we'll get into that a little bit more as we go. Um, yeah. And I know you're really passionate about this, so it's brilliant. And But for you, sitting in the stands for that game, how tough was it for you to sit and watch it? It was very tough, but at the same time, it's not about, although I was going through my own personal thing, missing the game, being a big thing for the family, disappointed for my dad, uh, a lot of things, but as I say, it wasn't about me. It's about the club. It's yeah. about the boys that were playing. So I could, you've got to go there and just do what you normally do. Show support to your teammates. Hey, be there for them. Uh, it was good, though, because during the game, the fans were shout, chanting towards me. And I thought, do you know, I'm not even playing, but what a nice a nice thing to do. Uh, but that's just what our both are like. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, you were still young at that time, so was it just kind of being disappointed for not playing in that moment and the, obviously the, the mental health issues came later? I was disappointed not playing, but I think I was maybe more frustrated because I know that I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, of course, I'm going to be disappointed uh, to miss in the game. And, yeah, I didn't really think that it would have such a big impact on my mental health. Yeah. And then... Um... Sadly, mate, you break your leg at Elbrough. How difficult mentally was that for you to overcome that injury and, and during the rehab process? Breaking my leg, I think, is the biggest thing. It's, it's, I think that's been the big trigger point for me. Uh, mental health, it opens up and drift different avenues. Do you know, I can nip away at different things. But yeah, the, the mental health is a big one. Uh, again, it's one of those ones, like, thinking it's just part and parcel of the game. And although it had a big impact on me performance-wise, uh, I, I, I didn't really think until I got back playing and then it kicked in more and more. I just, it's, it's like the, the Hibs game, I thought it was just, it's one of these things you need to get on with, but it just got bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper a problem yep. as time went on. Did anything help you during this time of the rehab process? Or was it all just quite difficult and dark for you? It was dark, but I've been in a lot darker places since then. Yeah. Uh, John McGlash is no longer with us now. He he was unbelievable. Uh, what, what a guy. Do you know, I, yeah. I don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about him. Uh, just tremendous. My, my parents actually went up and spoke to him up in Dundee privately. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and sort of he he looked after me. He he took me under my wing, even when I was back playing. Uh, but it wasn't one of the ones that I, I still knew I had to do well and perform or like the rest, he would he would give you a rocket, do you know what I mean? So yep. 
do you think people having people like John McGlashan and your family and your life really helped you during this time? Like get you up to the other end to get back playing? I, I think they helped me when I eventually came out and spoke. Yeah. Could I for years I didn't know what it was their experience on or what to say or what it was. I think it helped, but maybe it did have a, a well it has, it has maybe it is the same as my it had a negative effect on my performances as as, as well. So I it, it probably had a big big impact on both and they, they did great to try and get me through it. Yeah. You need people like that in your life, mate, just the little things go a long way. And that's um, it. They make such a big difference. And then after your leg break, mate, you developed an eating disorder. Um, can you tell us how that came about and then what anxiety did you have towards your weight and your body at this stage in your career? I actually had a bit of an eating disorder before then. Uh, I've always had issues with my weight. I I hated getting changed in front of people. I, I still don't like my body. I, I hated my body. I would I would try and hide away and get changed just rather than anyone seeing my my stomach or my my moobs now will I say. I, I, do, the uh, same, I do the same, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call them pecs, but I don't know if I can get away with them anymore. Uh, uh, but Aye, it's, it's one of those things that when I came back for breaking my leg and it, it's been on my mind for years and as I say, it's, it still does now to a certain extent, although I'm slowly getting past it, but I wouldn't eat, I'd skip meals, uh, as soon as I ate anything, I would automatically go out running, I would weigh myself sometimes two, three times a day, if I put a, a pound on, I'd just go away, pound myself, run it off, go to the gym, uh, I was doing 14 runs a week at times. Wow. During when, when games weren't on. It just it had that big effect on me. Uh, I pinched my skin. I walked past, past cars, mirrors, always having to look in it uh, to see if I look like I've put weight on, if I've got double chin, fat face, just you name it, everything. Uh, Going out for meals, I would always try and take the healthy option. One of my counsellors or thinks it goes back to a tournament I went down with Hutchie Vale and we were trying on new strips and it was a bit tight for me in front of everyone. Yep. He basically just said, it's too tight, get it off. And I'm like, oh my God, can he just say He just said that in front of everyone. And I didn't like, as I said, I had a problem with it before, but that just... Triggered it for you. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of where we're we're at just now. Uh, and did that still, burn? Did that burn you out, Alan? Like, but with your performance as well, you're you're not eating as much. You're training fourteen runs. You have your games and you're training for better Rangers. Did it burn you out? It did. Even before going to Beck, though, I wasn't to the same extent that running wise. I managed to to cut back a bit. But you know yourself, like if if you don't recover, like recovery is just as important as yeah. uh, as training. And uh, I'm going. To, it annoys me when people say, "Oh, get teams players they only train for such and such time a day." Players do a lot. That people, it's just, they don't know what happens in the background and what they actually do, and they, they need to recover as well, especially at the the tempo and the level that some boys play at. Oh, the highest, the high players, the high top level players and Premier players. One hundred percent, mate. What you do after a game, your diet, your nutrition, um, your rehab, 
even things like ice baths, they're not fun to get in. But um, it's extremely important for the player to, to recover. And if you're finishing the game on a Saturday and you're out in a 5K, 10K run after, it's, it is going to have that effect on you. Yeah. Physic- physically and mentally, you'll be mentally exhausted and physically tired and just not recovering. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it affects I remember. Your- Sorry. Then it just affects your performance on the Saturday again because you're, you're burnt out. Yeah, I mean, it was affecting my performance anyway, just not being able to get back to the same, the same level of performance. I mean, I lost a yard, at least a yard of pace. I lost strength, uh, everything. But I remember going to, like, say, Elgin during the week, playing games, up first thing next game morning and away to the gym. I mean, it's a stupid, stupid thing to do. But people warn me not to do it, but usually you think you know best, eh? And I just hope people actually listen. People will listen, obviously, but people won't. And they need to realise that you can't be doing things like that. Yeah, I think the, the education and the, the science is there now to back it up, right? Whereas in the early 2000s, it wasn't as publicised. Yeah, I mean, that's where I can go back to say that England and Scotland, it's different worlds because they all had this back then. Mm-hmm. And Scotland, maybe just a couple of clubs maybe did, your Celtic Rangers, maybe your Hibs Hearts to a certain extent, but they had it back then and they've just, Grown in stature, how do you say that? Stature, <laughs> stature. <laughs> yeah. See these big words, uh, but yeah, I just that's that's what I mean with a different level. They've got it all, you know, sports science, and it is creeping in up here, but it's not to the same same extent. It costs a lot of money. The finances, it's very difficult to get sports science scientists and nutritionists, and it's. It's a lot. I've at the college we work for, it's, and they're fantastic. The players are well looked after, and it's goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. yeah, definitely. Up you, Aye. just kind of left to your own device. So the guy can have a bacon roll in the morning and then go to training. Aye. So um, you go to Barrett Rangers, mate. You're a regular starter, and you draw Celtic in the Scottish Cup. You scored in the previous round, and you played the five games leading up to the Celtic match. But unfortunately, you were dropped for the for the game. After the experience of missing the Hibs game, how damaging was this for you? It was kind of one of the wins, like, oh, here we go again. Uh, but without the not being available, if that makes sense. Uh, the Hibs game, I wasn't available. The Celtic game, I was available. And basically just got left out of the, the team for it with no, expe- uh, no explanation. Nothing at all. Thought I'd done enough to get in the team. Uh, the only thing that I can think about, and the previous season at Berwick, I was doing really well again. Uh, and I had I done my hammy three times uh, in that season, even though I was, pardon me, uh, doing all right. And when I kept coming back, I was... We only played as one striker, maybe one of us off, one off us. And I played all the, all the games I was available, I think. And I was playing every game until the 90th. I was, I was playing every single minute. The following season, or towards the end of the season, I'd done my hammy. And I came back for pre-season and I couldn't do all the pre-season. But I then got back in, back in the team and it was after 
after a, 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 I'm going to say it was an, after an Elgin game, but it was at home. Jimmy pulled me aside after after training and said, hey, how do you think you done on Saturday? I'd actually come on at the time. How do you think you done on Saturday? I said, I thought I'd done all right. I mean, I, I couldn't get my second win. You know, it's hard coming on as a sub. Uh, and he said, it looked to me like you, uh, you weren't trying. Now, if anyone knows how I played, they, they could... We'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I was taken aback. I said, is that what you really think? He went, well, somebody mentioned that to me on the board. On the board. And I said to him, so what do you think? And he said, well, it did look like that. And I went, so you're actually saying that from your own point of view, or are you saying that because somebody else on the board said that? And he didn't really answer me. But this is a guy that played me every single minute that was available. To then come and say that to me, whether that's got something to do with it, I don't know. But then, as I said, I played I played the, the previous round, I played the games leading up to the Celtic game, and it was kind of like, well, I'll get you back. I, I don't know. I don't know. And he leaves, he leaves me out of the team. I get the last, I don't know, 15 minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was, it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. Yeah, it's one of these things, mate, being being dropped for a game with no explanation is probably the hardest thing. You want that closure from, was it Jimmy Crease? Yeah. That if you got that closure, this is my reasons, it's tactical, you can maybe understand it. But not having any explanation is is the most frustrating part, especially with what you've done previously to the game. Yeah, I mean, nobody's undroppable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The best players in the world are undroppable, so there's no harm in dropping Alan Brazil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I... I I just, I'm just, I was baffled with it. And I, I, I would love to, maybe I'm, I'm going over the score here, but I'd love to know what he's thinking actually was now, yep. or even him coming out saying what he said prior to it. But hey, nobody's undroppable, as I said. So that's it, mate. Nobody is. But I, again, for me, it comes down to the man management side of things. Just speaking to the player and having that open communication goes a long way. Yeah. You well, know? yeah. Yano, Ian Little. What yep. a superb guy he is. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, he, he practically done everything apart from picking the team, uh, yes. training-wise, everything. And the, the two of them were night and day. Night and day. Yeah. So, mate, for you, um, when did you first know that you had a problem with your mental health? <sighs> Probably just after breaking my leg. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, it took me a while to actually come out and speak to somebody about it. Uh, as I said, I didn't know what it was. There was an experience in. Uh, I didn't know what to say, who to go to. Uh, I just thought, it's one of the things, just get on with it. Uh, so, yeah, I just, and then I just thought, it just this day it just all got to me, it got on top of me. Uh, and I actually went along and spoke to my, my granny actually first about it and spoke to her and see what she thought. And basically that's where it started, that I started to actually speak about it. Uh, I was going to ask you that, mate. It takes me to my next question. Like, How long after you identified you were struggling did it take you to speak out? Even though I spoke to family, it took me maybe another year or two to go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. 
to give you a, I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is I wish I'd done it earlier because I've had this for 15, 16 years now. And as I say, hopefully this is me. Well, it is. As I said, I feel like a new person. I'm coming towards the end of it now. Yeah. I just wish I'd spoke earlier about it than waiting these years. Uh, but I didn't know. I didn't know who to turn to or what to what to say or what I was actually experiencing. If that makes sense. And how was your granny when you first approached her? Good question. It's a good question. Uh, they're they're quite old school anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, but she was, she was. She was really good. She uh, she she let me say what I had to say, and then she was thinking that I think you should really go and talk to your parents and stuff like that, and uh, kind of gave me advice to go and do that. Maybe speak to someone else. And but I think I, I said to her at the time as well. I said I don't want anyone to know about it at the time. I mean, it was affect affecting one of my relationships I was in at the same time as well, and I was a really angry person uh, and even till recently just things would just blow up with yep. men uh, just yeah any little thing and I just I knew that wasn't right do you know what I mean and just even to more recently like the the second birth of my, my child I mean I was taken out on her at times do you know? and that's not physically that's just why are you not sleeping? And and how can you do that to like they don't know what's going, what's happening? So yeah, that's when I I decided I had to get help again, eh? So and um, when you reached out, mate, to your granny and your your parents, how did this help you? Did it take that weight off your shoulders a little bit? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, I mean, talking does help. People need to realise that talking does help. Bottling it up, like I did, has done me no favours whatsoever. I'm not. I'm not wanting people to feel sorry for me or think I'm the crying, the crying person here wanting sympathy because it's not, and that's why I'm so open about it now because I don't want people to experience the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there'll be people worse off than me. There'll be people not as severe, but these are the people we need to get to and help before they get any further. But yeah, it, it, speaking does help, but. Again, to me, it didn't all come out at that time. Like as I said, over the years, it, it triggered other points in me and brought on other other things. So, were you the type of person who balled it all up, try to be strong and, and keep it to you, and then just one day, bang, it just exploded? Definitely, I I thought I wouldn't be a man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't make you not a man if you don't want to speak out. If you want to speak out, sorry. Uh, it doesn't make you less of a man, less of a person. Everyone's got issues there. And as I said, it's, you can still be there for other people and stuff, but it does not make you less a person. And then how were your friends with you when you finally told them? There was only really one or two that I told. And he, he was brand new. Uh, but then it wasn't until later in life that I started noticing a change in him. And I, I spotted little things and I, I, I spoke to him and I, probably this is where my own experience came into it. Yeah. And I asked him to go and speak to somebody and it came out that he actually had 
issues himself. Yeah. Uh, so it's you can spot little signals in people now. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've gained a lot of personal experience from from what I've been through, and there's a couple others as well. I've, I've done the same thing for, but yeah, my mate was there for me, and so I had to be there. It's not a case I had to be there; I would be there for him. Yeah, that's really, it's great, mate, that you can pick out these little points and triggers in people and approach them and be confident to do that going from your past experience. Yeah. And for you, mate, what was it like at your lowest point? Low, low, dark, dark place. Uh, I was very low. I, I could go from being very low to high, but if I was high, I'd go even lower. Yeah. Uh, but I was... I was probably low majority of the time if I'm telling the truth uh, I just locked myself away unless I was training, locked myself away not talking to people, just being blunt being that angry person uh, I've never thought about committing suicide, I've thought about what it'd be like that if I wasn't here I wouldn't have to be dealing with what it was uh, so yeah maybe that that's and how did you pull yourself yeah. out of it mate little by little I don't know uh, I didn't think I was ever going to get over it because as I said earlier I've seen umpteen counsellors, psychiatrists being in so many groups and nothing had helped me, nothing at all had helped and I'm on medication that I'm not scared to admit either. Uh, that that perks me up quite a lot. Uh, I got offered the chance to go on a, a mental health course with the Chris Mitchell Foundation with Mark Fleming. Yep. Uh, what a course! Unbelievable course. And at the same time, I was kind of I was talking way back on site who do a, a great job as well, splendid job. And I got offered a chance to speak to one of their counsellors and I, the, the conversation we had with Libby, the, the person that started all this, as I said, done a tremendous job. Uh, she offered me the chance to, to speak to one of the psychiatrists, counsellors, and I said to her, to be honest with you, no, because I don't think it's going to work. And she talked me around and I actually see why that maybe that, She's experienced things with other players, other people similar to myself. I thought, aye, do you know what? I will give it a go. And that's what I mean. It's, it's worked wonders for me. And the person that she put me through to with your, the eye, yep. the eye therapy as well. Brilliant, mate. And um, if you could roll back the clock, how would you approach things differently? I would probably, I would probably only go back to Arbroath. Take it. I'll go back then if I didn't break my leg. I mean, I, I might sound a, a stupid thing to say, but I was probably the most confident and in the best form I'd ever ever been in, uh, and it it still niggles and hurts me that what happened. Uh, I. I decided to, a lot of people won't know this and hopefully this will settle a few stories. I got on really well with all the, all, major, most of the supporters at Arbroath. 
What a club. Unbelievable club. Supporters, the the people in the background, chairmen, directors, everyone on the board. What I just I love the club to bits. I still yeah. love the club to bits. It's like a, there's something there for them. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I wish I could go back there and go over again. And people will say, why did you leave them? The reason I left is because I thought I had to have a fresh start to try and get over my, my demons. I was wrong. The grass ain't greener. I hold my hands up and admit I was wrong. I wish I never, ever left that club at that time. Uh, yes, I was talking about getting a move prior to the injury. Yep. Fine. But I should never have left Arbroath. Never in a million years. And I wish I could go back there. Then, and I just, as I say, people won't understand the reasoning, but hopefully it's the might now that I left because I thought I had to kickstart my career again. No, it makes complete um, sense, mate. Um, do you think that prior to breaking your leg, if that didn't happen, your life would have been a little bit differently right now? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, uh, I think- as I said, I, there was talking to me possibly getting a move again. A couple of clubs were interested. And as I said, that, was, that would sort of sell out. And But... It's it's had that's had a big impact as well. Do you know what I mean? But it's the grass ain't greener, and I, there's nothing more to say about it. Uh, I did try and I, I spoke to John McGlash in the following season, actually after the year at Steny I had, and I was maybe they were talking about going to go back there to Arbroath, uh, but it all depended on a signing, and that signing went through so. Me going back there didn't happen. Off the table. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that, uh, I've got so much feeling for that club. It's it's scary. You must be delighted they're flying right now. I am, and rightly so. They're getting all the plaudits. Do you know what I mean? Recognition all over. Uh, doing really well. Yeah, I watched very, the game. Very well. I watched the game last week. They played Wraith Rovers, obviously, and they were excellent. Excellent. Organised. Dick's got them flying. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's not, Dick's very, although I didn't work with Dick, but you hear a lot of things and you can see how he goes about his business with just how he, he uh, adapts himself. And there's there's no any real magical with Dick, do you know what I mean? But people play for him. Yeah, and, they love him. They love him. That's it, do you know what I mean? And you don't have to come and play your whatever formation you want. And he's he just, he's got away with players, eh? And that's, he's got our growth. Where they, where they deserve to be just now. Making players feel confident is one of the, the hardest things in football, but if you get it right, it works wonders for you. Um, for you, mate, you're doing much better, mate. You've got two kids now. I've had the pleasure of meeting one of them, uh, fiancé, full-time job. Do you now see life is bigger than football? I think now, just. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's got it. Do you know what I mean? You've got kids now, yes, but so it's that great old saying. If if I could turn back the clock, do you know what I mean? I mean, when I I life football football was my life. It was all or nothing for me. Uh, I ate, slept, everything was just football for me. Uh, I didn't go out with with mates. Every, just everything was football. 
And even even when I stopped playing, it really was just football, football, football. Yeah. It, it's all I know. It's it, I'm saying no. That's maybe a few people will probably disagree with me with that. Uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's all I've known, and it's all I, I like to think I know. Yeah. Uh, now. And what about for your kids, mate? How will you approach it being a dad now? Obviously, with your experiences. Firstly, they'll they'll decide what they want to do. Uh, if if whatever they want to do, obviously within reason. <laughs> uh, I I'm not going to force them to do anything, or I can only advise. Uh, same with support. If they support football teams, then I'm not going to say you support them. Just they can decide themselves. Uh, as I say, we can only we can only advise, point out for all the right reasons. Well, within reason, as I said, not any silly stuff. So, mate, um, what does the future hold for you? I know you've spoken before about wanting to help out. It's amazing you've come onto this show and share your experiences. And I know you're looking to get into into support networks and help out people as much as possible. So, what does the future hold for you, mate? Ideally, I would like to get back into a football club. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen now. Uh, that's maybe a different uh, show for you, but <laughs> for my for my reasonings for that. But I'd love to get involved in mental health. Uh, I played on the edge as a player, and I've got that hunger edge back to try and get involved in mental health to try and help people. I think it would be so rewarding trying to uh, help them, give something back for all the help I've received over the years. And I, it's I've got such a so much energy for it. I'm so passionate about mental health now, whether that's in a football club, in a sports environment, or just mental health in general, even a well-being officer. Just yeah. I, I just when I stopped playing football, I didn't know what to do with myself. And even to now, I've got a job, but I'm not comfortable. Uh it's still a struggle because all I think about is kind of football. But as I said, I'm drifting away and I'm focusing on mental health I would just I would love to be able to get in and about it and show passion and the edge for that as I did when I played football uh, just I uh, I would if, if anyone is struggling with anything and they don't want to speak to to their clubs even people not involved in clubs and their family and get in touch with me just I wish I'd spoken to someone yeah. someone earlier and I I would love to be able to, to try and help you pass on advice and I'm not saying I know it because I don't I'm only can go through my own personal experience but if I could help that one person then yeah as I said get in get in touch with me but that's the that's the route I want to go eh? I think that's the biggest thing mate when we started speaking about you coming on the show here your thing was if I can help one person great it wasn't yeah. about you coming on the show and talking about yourself it was if somebody can relate to me and it helps them, you're delighted. And I think that's yeah. the, the biggest thing with, with this interview is you're passionate about it. And I, I definitely think there's a market there for you to get into and, and help out as much people as possible. I uh, just, uh, it's not, I know I'm coming on speaking about myself. You can only speak about your own experiences. But as I say, this is, it's not a cry for help. It's not sympathy. And that's why I'm, I'm so open on, up front about it now and social media and stuff. And I know probably people, I know people that have deleted me, say friends, Twitter, because I post quite a few things now. And 
fine, that's up to them if that's the way they want to go. Uh, I just hope they don't experience it or people close to them experience it. But basically, it's just me trying to show that there is people out there for you to help yep. you. And finally, mate, what advice would you give to any player or anyone who is struggling with their mental health? And is there any support networks you would recommend them? Talk to somebody. Yep. It's the biggest one. Go and talk to somebody. As I said, if you're not comfortable speaking to any other people and you want to get in touch with me, I'm definitely approachable. Uh, get in touch with different charities, back on side, Chris Mitchell Foundation. Uh, there's, there's plenty of people always willing to help you. And that's, you've got to remember that. Yep. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely, mate. And, and for you, when we when we go live with the show, we will put Alan's contact details on his Twitter. So if anyone is struggling out there, you can reach out to Alan. He's always happy to help. Um, but Alan, mate, this has been brilliant. I've loved every minute listening to you. You're passionate. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. And it's for me, it was great to see you a couple of months ago and see how well you're doing. Um, yeah, so, cheers. So keep up the good work. Keep on track, mate. And um, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Pleasure, Alan. See you later.